Welcome back for our second episode of Pandemic Parenting with Pep, a podcast designed to help parents thrive, not just survive, this extra stressful period of parenting through the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Ravi Fox, a certified parent educator with the Parent Encouragement Program, or PEP, as it's commonly called. PEP has been providing proven positive parenting education for nearly 40 years through in-person and online classes, and more recently has been offering free webinars and other resources to parents and caregivers struggling with life's current demands and stresses, all of which you can access through PEP's website at pepparent.org. That's P-E-P parent.org. Org. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Denise Lisi DeRosa to discuss the extra challenges of managing our children's technology use when it feels like that's really all they have to do while stuck in the house with us 24-7. Denise is an expert in online safety, digital citizenship, and a frequent speaker on parenting in the digital age. She has a master's degree in communication, culture, and technology from Georgetown University, and more than 15 years in the media industry at AOL, VH1, and Comedy Central. She founded Cyber Sensible in 2015 to provide digital wellness advice to families, parents, youth, schools, and organizations. And on top of all of her professional expertise in the field, she is a mom of three, ages 18, 16, and 13, with whom she is currently self-quarantining in her home outside of Washington, D.C. So, Denise, I guess you're getting lots of opportunity to practice the advice and tips you'll be sharing with us today. Yes, absolutely. And I can tell you that it is a bumpy road for everybody. So even those of us who have a particular expertise in one area or another are experiencing some you know, definitely some valleys along with the uh, high points. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so during this period of social distancing and quarantine, when most of our kids, their education's online, their social interaction is online, um, what's the overall message around electronics and technology use that you're currently offering to parents? Well, so I, I think one of the first things we have to accept and recognize is that this is really the only way that our kids are able to connect socially and not just our kids, obviously us too. We're, you know, we're all stuck inside. We're all stuck at home. We're trying to still have um, business calls and meetings just as our kids are doing their online learning. But we also want to reach out and have some fun with our friends or be able to um, be entertained and kind of escape for a little while. And really, a good majority of that is happening through our screens. So I think we need to ease up a bit on the screen time limits and focus a little bit more on what it is that our kids are doing and what it is that they're enjoying and how they are you know, how they're managing through this um, as, as well as how we are. So, um, you know, I've been doing, for one thing, I've been doing workout videos that I've been getting through my television. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's been doing the same. Um, and then on the days when it's nice, we try to at least go outside and go for a walk or, or a run or whatever. But, um, you know, if we want to talk and hang out with our friends, we're doing that online. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're talking about more of the interactive kind of content versus more of the passive um, and encouraging that. 
Right, exactly. So um, I think we should all be encouraging some virtual socializing as well as, um, you know, our kids are connecting right now to, to do their schoolwork, to, um, um, to do research, to write their papers, to hand in their homework, right? All, you know, so in middle school, there are some times where kids will have homework that they're, they're physically handing in, mm -hmm. um, but now all of it is going through that Google Classroom or is going um, through those um, portals that, that um, parents use to see how their kids' grades are doing. Mm -hmm. So all of it is now happening online. All of their exams are happening online. Um, even when they're timed, this is all happening online. So, um, and in addition to that, you know, hopefully they're finding a way to even connect with classmates to say, you know, like um, I know my daughter had a study group for one of her classes um, because they're they're struggling to try and learn and understand something like chemistry, which can be somewhat complicated to be self-teaching yourself through these online tools. Um, so they're getting together with classmates to talk through it and try and understand it and help one another. So there's that. And then there's the idea of just socializing. Um, I've been having happy hours and, and morning coffee talks with my mom and my sisters or you know friends of mine who live close by, but who I can't see right now. And I encourage my kids to do the same thing. How about parents with younger kids who, especially they might be having guilt because they're trying to get perhaps get work done themselves, as you mentioned, and the only thing they can kind of find to occupy their five, six, seven-year-old is a video or a television or a video game. Um, what message do you have for them? Well, again, I think um, number one is um, you've got to give yourself some flexibility here and um, cut yourself a break as well mm -hmm. because it's hard for it's hard for you obviously to get your work done if your child isn't somehow occupied and if the iPad or the television is going to keep them happy so you can get that meeting in or finish that report that you have to do you know this is it, it's fine you know <laughs> let's let's all give ourselves a break um, but I think that you know a couple of things for for the really younger kids that you can focus on is you know there's a lot of fun games that also have a, a kind of an educational aspect to it and I don't mean that everything they should be doing you know interactively should be educational because they they should be able to have some fun as well whether it's you know, watching a program that they like, or maybe seeing, um, you know, um, Monsters, Inc., or whatever, you know, new um, movie, Frozen 2, whatever new movie is out that they're into. I mean, I think we should allow them that balance as well. And for, for the little ones, um, you might want to also, when you are able to, um, help them to get connected and have FaceTime calls and interactions with their friends and say, okay, mommy's going to set up a FaceTime call for you to talk to your friend who you, who you don't get to see right now. And we'll let you have a little play date here. You know, you guys can play something together online. I know you also mentioned that for some of these kids who want to see Frozen 2 for the <laughs> like the 15th time today, yeah. that, that's, that's actually providing some comfort to them. Yeah, I do think it's it's comforting. Like I, I, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit in my own, um, just reflecting on my own use. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff on Netflix and other TV programs that I like to watch. 
But I find myself a lot of times watching Friends reruns. And I think part of it is the comfort. It's something that I know. It makes me laugh. I don't have to think too much about it. I'm not, um, you know, I don't have to pay such close attention as I do when I'm watching Ozark to figure out what's going on. You know, I can just kind of like relax and just be, uh, just be entertained or just feel like a sense of comfort. Um, like comfort food, you know, maybe we're not all eating super healthy right now, but you know, sometimes that, you know, that mac and cheese is what you need, you know? Right. The friends is the mac and cheese of, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. at least for me, yeah. Right. That familiarity, like you say, it's just a time to just relax and not have to think too hard. And, and that can be, that could be, uh, quite soothing. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting. I, I've all these Zoom calls I've been on for for professional reasons, and seeing the little ones kind of come into the, you know, come into the room while the parents are are having these professional meetings, and just seeing everyone's kind of just they're chill with it. You know. Yeah. We we understand everyone is doing the best the best that they can, and um, and even watching Jimmy Fallon, you know, yeah. hosting his show from home <laughs> with his two young girls in their craft room. You know, it's just, it's nice to see, you know, our nation kind of responding in that, in that understanding way. Yeah. I love the Jimmy Fallon with the daughters who are sitting there. And I love that, you know, another thing that just kind of a funny um, thing that we can, you know, relate to is that here he is, you know, one of the funniest people in our culture and his girls are so, they're so funny because they, they're not laughing at, you know, <laughs> you know, they don't think he's not that funny. Dad at all. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No matter what we do, you know, our kids are not impressed. Right. right, right. And so it's so funny because I saw with him, I've also seen just other um, celebrities that are online and doing these things as well. Um, you know, Seth Meyers, another one that another favorite of mine, but to see them and see their kids and or um, their wives who are helping them film this, but don't laugh at all, you know, and it's like, you know, and the wives are just like, I'm stuck inside with him. Maybe you think he's funny, but like, you know. <laughs> Okay, so, so switching gears, you mentioned about schoolwork and you know, the, the portals that parents can check grades and that sort of thing. So I'm hearing from a lot of parents that they're really struggling with that line. They understand that homework and schoolwork is essentially the kid's problem, right? It's their responsibility. Mm -hmm. But now that it's happening 24-7 under their roof and they're seeing how much the, the child may or may not be engaged with the schoolwork, um, you know, some of it might not be, it, it's elective, it's, you know, it's not required in some school jurisdictions. And so, so parents are getting frustrated and really struggling with how much to get involved with overseeing the schoolwork um, since they, you know, they're kind of the classroom managers right now. Yeah, I know. Um, and this is hard. And I think um, part of it is those, those Zoom calls or the video calls that are um, optional. Mm -hmm. And so what I've, cause I've kind of been struggling through this a little bit myself. Um, like, you know, like you said, I have 18, 16 and 13 year olds. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
you know, here I am knocking on their doors and saying, okay, don't you have this Zoom call coming up in 10 minutes, you know? And they're, you know, they come back with, it's optional, which I don't understand. I'm sorry, I thought this is your class. But um, so what I've been trying to go through and to understand is that, yes, yeah, some of this is optional. And I think what some of these, um, you know, we also have to understand that the teachers are going through this too, just as we understand here, you know, Jimmy Fallon is there trying to do his show and he has his kids kind of running in and out of the frame. These are, the teachers are doing the same thing. And so they might be recording the lesson at nine o'clock at night because they have their kids in bed finally. Right. And so, you know, this is when they can do it. And then they'll have a check-in time to say, okay, if you don't understand what I taught you today or you're having trouble with the assignment then we can have this zoom check-in and it's optional mm -hmm. so that um, you know the kids can come in and ask questions if they need to but um, I also understand that some of it is kind of a little awkward for these kids who don't want to get on video calls with 30 other students um, now i know these are students that they know and they've been in classes with before but there is a little bit of a you know it can be a little make them self-conscious right <laughs> so well, I, I know for me I, I get on the video and i don't like necessarily seeing myself either so at, at the middle school age when they're going through that period of self-doubt absolutely yeah i can completely understand and and like um we had talked before um you know there are plenty of times where i'm glad that the video isn't working because or that i, I that i have the ability to shut my video off right. because i've maybe just gotten you know a done completed working out or i have i don't have i mean I, I haven't put makeup on i don't have my hair done like i don't look like you know i like to look um in front of other people and i think same with our kids um my my boys um were due for a haircut right when the shutdown happened so their hair is pretty long right now and um you know it's pretty difficult to get it to look you know so um you know i think that we all have to kind of give them that leeway and then when when they know that they're having an issue or when they know that they don't understand something they can then engage in that face-to-face -face conversation with the teachers if they need to and if that they're not comfortable even with that, then they can email and ask questions and hopefully be directed to some additional resources for them. Right. So this is something that I, I think it's, it's maybe harder when your kids are younger, you know, even still. And my, teen, my kids are teenagers, so in some sense I have to say, okay, you know what's best for what you need to do to learn. So... Um, like I said, my daughter's been doing um, group work with friends and my, um, my eldest, my 18 year old, he's, um, you know, he's already gotten into college. So he feels like he's got everything under control, which is fine as long as he, you know, keeps those grades up so that you know, we don't lose that scholarship money. And uh, my middle schooler, he's been keeping up with his work and, um, and I just check in on the grades and I check in every you know, so, so often with the teachers just to say, are we good? And they say yes. And so then I figure, okay, he's managing this well. So it's, it's kind of an opportunity for parents to kind of show the value of, of learning in general, that we all should be spending time each day learning. Um, and, and also that value of 
continue to kind of have that self-discipline a little bit and that structure because you know school will start back at some point and we don't want them to have you know, their habits too far um, out of whack mm -hmm. it'll be that much harder to, to get started back in in the fall or whenever it might be yeah I think it's gonna be hard for all of us and I, I again like I think even with um, with when we do go back um, and it you know I think we can all accept that it's not gonna go back to normal on day one, I think we're going to have kind of this like slide into um, a new normal, but I also think it's going to happen slowly. Mm -hmm. um, and so hopefully our kids will be able to kind of ease back into all of that as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I think um, we also need to have some empathy here for them and, you know, their whole lives are disrupted and, and they might be saying, oh, it's great because I get to sleep in. But um, the reality is they know this is a troubling time. They recognize that this is, an, a, you know, a national emergency. And so, you know, we should um, help them manage it the best way that they're managing it. And it, they're not going to be perfect and neither are we. Right. And I, Pat, we talk a lot about it's the relationship. So we don't want to do so much damage to the relationship as the parent trying to enforce what you know what the school would would be enforcing under normal circumstances so yeah i heard i'm um, like a lot like like the first day that we were out um you know that and and here in um we're in um, montgomery county maryland and here the first two weeks of the kids being let out of school there actually wasn't new instruction um, because it was considered um, an emergency shutdown so the teachers were actually not working so we actually had this two-week period where um, wouldn't end. yeah it was like snow days exactly um so that was really hard but um but i did hear of a lot of parents who were saying well i'm having them get up and read this and do this and do that and and you know i understand you want to kind of add some structure to your kid's life but okay let's also recognize that your role right now is to be comforting your role is to be a parent um you know yes we don't want our kids to fall behind in in education and learning but you know at I think part of what we need to really be doing is to be, you know, that loving support and comfort for them. Mm -hmm. That should be number one. So what about some challenges I'm hearing um, regarding particular age groups? So maybe the teenagers who are completely off schedule and want to <laughs> stay up all night, plug in and then sleep all day. Um, is that healthy? Is that providing them comfort? Or, you know, what do you say to, to parents in seeing that situation? Yeah, well, um, um, I'm living it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, this one has been a real struggle for us. Um, and I, I don't know, I, um, but I always had kids that didn't go to bed early, even when they were little. Um, so um, we've been struggling with this one. And so what I've started to do is say, okay, I'm getting you guys up, you know, at 11. So, um, I think that's reasonable. I'm not getting you up at seven. I'm not getting you up at eight, like at 11 o'clock, I think is reasonable. Mm -hmm. So what, do what you need to do in order to go to bed in time to get up at 11. So, um, um, but we've been struggling with that also because a lot of their friends are on really late. I mean, 
you know, my kids will tell me that their friends don't start playing Fortnite until 1130 at night or whatever it is. So, um, so this you, one is hard. Yeah. Do you suggest parents take advantage of Wi-Fi limits? Like with it, you know, at the shutoff time for the Wi-Fi, um, you know, maybe it's one time during the week and one time during the weekends or where they have to turn in their electronics, you know, electronic bedtime at all. Do you um, suggest parents maintain those limits? Yeah, I think that's a great idea for the teenagers is to um, to shut off the Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's harder to get them to turn in devices just because of, um, you know, it's a little bit different when they get to be 16, 17, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. When they're younger, you can have that, okay, devices get to, you know, have to be turned in at 8 p.m. or whatever it is, um, you know, whatever the rules are for your family. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think kind of shutting down the Wi-Fi at a certain point is also something that we've done a couple of times to say, this is getting out of hand. Um, being up until 2 a.m. Is, is a little too much. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've done. Okay. And that's a great idea. Um, and most, most um, of your, um, you know, however you're getting your Wi-Fi into your home, most of them will have... Um, some of those settings available to you. Um, so it's a good thing to take advantage of. It's like some, some of their outside resource, outside authority is kind of being the bad guy versus you, the parent cutting, come and shutting it off. Yeah, right. So there's like a, you know, there's a set time that we're saying, okay, you know, the Wi-Fi is going off at, you know, midnight or whatever it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what about the other end of the spectrum and the younger kids who maybe have the iPad or they've borrowed mom and dad's phone and they're playing a game or watching videos or whatever. And, you know, it's just so exhausting to get them to, to get off the electronic. <laughs> yeah. We need them to take a break or maybe we need our phone back. What, what, are, the, what are your suggestions in those situations? Well, I think for that, um, that's kind of going back again to Sometimes, you know, digital parenting is more about the parenting than about the digital. So, um, you know, when my kids were little and we'd go to the park and I'd have to say, okay, it's time to leave the park. We'd have those same kind of struggles if they were having fun, you know, mm -hmm. or if something had to end, you know, we have to leave here to go here um, or have to, we have to stop what we're doing now because we have to go pick up your older brother or your older sister somewhere. So um, a lot of times you have to transition kids out of something and they're going to push back. So when it comes to the technology, it's the same thing. So sometimes it's about lining up that next activity mm. and saying, you know, hey, in, you know, in 10 minutes or whatever the time frame is in 10 minutes, um, we're going to need to start working on X or, Hey, why don't we, I'm going to set out this puzzle and you finish that game and let, let's do this puzzle or whatever it is. Like you want to set up something they have to look forward to okay. and say, start taking out like the Barbie dolls or whatever it is that they're ready to play with, you know? So having a plan for what's next. Yeah. I think having a plan is helpful. And, um, and I think that's just in general, sometimes when you have a toddler, it's about that redirection, you know, right. Re redirecting their energy to something else. Right. What are signs that 
parents should be concerned about with, with any age group? Are there you know, any real signals that, okay, this has turned into a technology addiction or this has just gone a little bit too far? Yeah, I think, well, right now, I, I, I believe it's harder to tell. <laughs> so, um, you know, in, in normal times, um, you know, one of the things that we can do to make sure or to kind of to check out for those, um, those warning signs is that they're not seeing their friends physically in person or they're not going outside or they're not making time to do things face-to-face -face with people. Okay, right now they don't have that option. So um, it, this is when it gets to be harder. So one of the things that I would suggest that you try and understand is what is it that they're doing? So when they're getting online, are they doing it to connect with others? So, and I mean separate from the schoolwork, okay? So are they doing it? Are they playing games where they're playing with their friends? Have they set a time to say, hey, let's all get on and play NBA 2K? Or, hey, let's, um, you know, let's all watch this Netflix movie together. Or let's do something. So if they're being social with it, I think that's, you know, a positive, whereas if they're connecting online to isolate themselves and they're getting so drawn into stuff that um, they're not interested in, in even reaching out to friends, then I think that's where you, you start to learn that maybe there's an issue. And then another um, thing that I think you should look out for, and I have to check myself with this as well, is that um, comparative kind of thing where, you know, you get on Instagram and see what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. and how everybody else is like living their best life, isolated in quarantine. And you're, and you know, you start to compare yourself to others and you get down on yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that we also need to look out for. And, and I find this for myself too, where I see, oh, this family is so cute. Like, look at this. They've done this game together and they've, you know, been outside and, and played this game in the park together and they did x y and z and gosh we're doing none of that you know <laughs> so and then you know when when you go and you actually talk to those families and they're like oh we were out for three minutes before the fight started and then we went back inside <laughs> so so sometimes it looks better than it is right yeah well, called social media but really when you're sitting there passing by yourself just scrolling through your news feed there's not really anything social about it Right. That interaction piece. And as much as I've enjoyed so much of the creative family videos and, you know, this family doing the song to Les Miserables and this family doing, you know, it, it also, it, it's been entertaining, but also it's like, man, everyone in the world is so much more creative than I am. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So I, you know, if you go down that rabbit hole for too long or too far, it, it won't necessarily be a good thing. Okay, so we have time, I think, for just one more question. This has been great. All been really good stuff. Um, how, and this is maybe a combination, but how can family utilize technology to improve their own connections within the family? You know, and, and as part of that, how's your family using technology during this particular period of time? Well, a couple of things. So um, we have been getting... Um, my family, like my family that doesn't live near me, we have been getting online. We do have, um, I have um, FaceTime calls with my mom and my sisters, um, and we check in and just kind of try to have a laugh together, whether it's over coffee or like right before we all start making dinner. Um, 
So that's just with me and my sisters. But here in my home with my kids, um, a couple of things we've done is um, uh, my oldest son wanted to um, check out some recipes of certain things that he said that he wanted us to try and make. So he went online, he found the recipes, um, you know, we looked them over together and then we tried them. Yeah. So that's one thing that we've done together. Um, my daughter and I have been um, looking up some exercise um, videos together to try and find something, even if we don't necessarily do them together because I like to work out early before anybody else is moving but we'll kind of look through them together and be like oh this looks good you know so that's one um and um and then we're just kind of trying to share some music and other things in the house like where I'll, I'll play my spotify list um yeah okay I know some uh, things I've heard families having like YouTube contests. So maybe one week it's okay, whoever can find the funniest cat video and they all sit down and, <laughs> you know, yeah. together or heard one mom saying she's um, having her daughter organize all their digital photography right now and tagging people and just, you know, to have all that organized. That's a great who, idea. Who wants to spend the time? Yeah, that? yeah, that's a hard one. That's a great idea though. Yeah, and having fun kind of going through all the photos and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then she's scanning some of their other photos in. And so it's like, gosh, that's a great use of, of yeah. and her and her daughter's skill set and interest. Um, but yeah, finding the recipes, um, maybe placing the orders for the food. Yeah. <laughs> or finding, you know, which grocery store in your, you, there's apps now to find where grocery, what grocery stores have toilet paper. So, you know, <laughs> finding those kind of life skills to our kids, this is going to be a time of, you know, real learning and in, in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So for lots of great things, I guess maybe kind of in summarizing the mm -hmm. message we'd like to leave parents with, you talked about kind of like maybe take a step back, look at the bigger mm -hmm. picture, um, how they're using the technology is a little bit more important maybe than how long they're using it. Yeah. Be one thing, um, you know, showing empathy, um, mm -hmm. this might be where they're kind of getting some, some comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what else? What, what other part of the message? Yeah. So for, for both of those, uh, you know, I don't want to um, send the message that, okay, just let them be on, you know, right. 24 or seven. But yeah, I do think that we should kind of ease up on it. And if they're on with their friends and they're laughing and they're having a good time, you know what, let it go. Let, you, know, you don't need to cut it off at, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. If they're laughing and enjoying sometimes with some time with their friends, whether it's through a video game or just through a video chat. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, so there's that. And then, um, so yes, I think having empathy is another really important one and um, guiding them to use technology in a, in a positive and healthy way. Right now we're all on our technology a little bit too much. So it can even be about having the discussion of, gosh, isn't this starting to hurt your eyes? Or guys, don't you guys just want to go for a walk, get outside for a little bit? So if you if you can manage to drag teens outside, I think you're doing pretty good. The littler ones, I think, you know, are sometimes easier to say, okay, we're going for a walk, you know. Right. Um, and I have heard, I know in our family, we had a little bit more success with saying, okay, six to seven is mealtime. There's no technology for anybody. Yeah. Um, and we would set a timer. So we'd sit at the meal at the dinner table and didn't matter if you took you five minutes to eat or 50 minutes, we all sat there for an hour and had a conversation or, you know, no technology after, you know, but just having some, some tech free times and tech free zones, I know 
worked for us on those times when we were at home. Alone. Yeah. And I think that's hugely important. So that's another great thing and saying, you know what, um, we need some, we, we need some time where we're not on our tech. And so, and, and that's worked for us as well too. When we sit down and we eat together, that is a good time. So for us to kind of put all of that stuff away. So we, we've done that. And I, I do think that that really works, um, especially if you've kind of set up that, you know, that rule and made it pretty clear that it's not going to change, you right. know. Right, boundaries, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. create more space. Mm. Um, and I think you also alluded to modeling, our, you know, our own modeling of our device usage, um, you know, can say a lot too, to our yeah. kids. So. Right, exactly. So if you're upset with your kids because they're always looking into their phones and you're the one that can't be dragged away at a time when your child needs some help or at a time when your um, teenager needs to talk to you or when your you know child is crying now there's times you know right off the bat where you have to say mommy's in a meeting now so i'm going to be on this phone call from this time until this time so i cannot be interrupted or um, i need you to you know kind of occupy yourself but when those when you're open when you have some time, make sure that you're focusing on them and their needs. Um, because as much as, you know, we think that they're not paying attention, they are. They're going to they're gonna follow what you do, not what you say. Right. Yes. They have incredible mm -hmm. observational skills. Right. Well, Denise, thank you so much. Um, to learn more about digital wellness uh, from Denise, you can check out her website at cyber-sensible.com. That's correct. Yes, cyber-sensible.com is where you can find me. I'm also, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at cybersensible, all one word. And I'm also on Twitter at Denise L. DeRosa. So that's where you can find me and connect with me. And, um, you know, I have, all of my services are now available virtually. So whether you want a group session workshop or some one-to-one consulting and help in setting up some of these privacy and safety settings and and healthy tech habits in your home all of that i can do virtually um, through these the magic of zoom calls and facetime calls that is our only way we're connecting right now so um if anybody needs any help yes exactly okay and and for more uh parenting resources on setting limits with children around technology homework chores and and other everyday parenting challenges you also can check out pep's website at pepparent.org or follow pep parent on facebook instagram and twitter as well um so thank you denise and to everyone thank i hope you. to return for our next episode of pandemic parenting with pep when we will be sharing effective limit setting strategies for children of all ages um, if you like what you're hearing on these podcasts, please share them with your friends and family. Um, we thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that an essential part of parenting is often having the courage to be imperfect. So have a great day. Oh, I love that last statement right there because we all are imperfect, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we are. And we just, it takes courage to be that. And we just yeah. have to accept it. So yeah. great. All right. Thank you.